Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it though. You see me shining like a suit on puppy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foul Mouth for the theme music for Fresh of the Word. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and just share any of the links for any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And also, you can subscribe to Fresh of the Word pretty much anywhere that podcasts are streamed. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, pretty much everywhere. And please, rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It will definitely help out the show. If you want to contact me, you can always reach me by email at djkfresh at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kfresh is the word and on facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh and you can also follow fresh is the word on twitter at fresh is the word and that's is with iz instagram at fresh is the word podcast and facebook at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast and this is episode 142 and this episode's guest is tim yogi watts drummer of the metal band demon hunter recently demon hunter released a pair of albums the more aggressive war and the melodic peace. During our chat, we talked about the new albums War 
and peace, the history of the album, the band's musical influences, taking musical risks, and his thoughts about being coined a Christian metal band. Now let's get onto the interview with Tim Yogi Watts. Yeah, Demon Hunter, you know, you guys just, you know, put out, you put out two albums, not just one, two albums. They're both kick-ass, both great. Most bands can't even put out, like, one solid album. You guys put out two. (laughs) Most bands probably couldn't even, don't even, don't even record that much uh, material as you guys recorded and put out, like, yo, what was the, what was the idea of doing two albums and how were you guys able to, like, to, like, put out so much quality and material on those two albums all at the same time. Um, well, the idea for the two albums came straight from Mr. Clark himself, Mr. Ryan Clark. He had been, we've been talking about it for, man, I guess like the last three records, it's come up at some point like, Hey, we should do a, either two albums at the same time or a double album or something. We, at first it was a double album idea, but then, for some reason, there was a, a, a streak of bands in our genre that decided to do that, and just <laughs> bands in general. And so right. we kind of decided, like, okay, well, a double album, you know, it's been done before, but two albums that are completely separate from each other that are completely different from one another, they could be really... Honestly, I think this is the first time you could almost say a band's ever put out two albums that could be released like you could have literally not released peace in the metal world because it's not a metal album it's a rock and it's a rock and roll record it's um right call it whatever you want to active adult rock modern rock there's so many terms for music i don't know i just know that it's a rock and roll record with i mean i feel like there's all kinds of influences in there there's doomy influences there's gothy influences there's pop there's metal there's arena rock there's a little bit of everything right uh but and, but then war is like that's a metal record that's you know spotify metal itunes metal if you were to go to a record store 10 years ago it'd be in the metal section um but i, so I think maybe that is the thing we're most proud of is being able to put out two records that are distinctly different yet still they're able to be looked at as like you know, not not a concept record at all. That's the thing is it's not that. And I think that's why Ryan decided to maybe ultimately release them as two different records because I think double albums and stuff like that works. Like, I think special releases like that work when there's a special theme. Like, is it a double album? Is it a story? Is it a, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I think that since... It wasn't that, since we really just, the only theme of the whole thing is that we wanted to, all the Demon Hunter songs in the past that are the most requested or listened to on Apple, Spotify, all that stuff, uh, most requested shows, a lot of people's favorite songs tend to be some of Demon Hunter's more radio-friendly, like rock-type songs. So we wanted to do a, a full record of that and showcase that, that, Ryan and Patrick are really great songwriters, not just metal songwriters, but um, actual just really great rock and roll songwriters. Both of them are. Right. Um, I mean, they've both proven it with other things too as well, but I think everybody in the, va- the band 
has been wanting to do that for a long time because a lot of us aren't even really influenced by metal primarily, if that makes sense. Right. I'd, I'd say the only person in the band that's like maybe straight metal from the top get-go, like that's going to be their default always, maybe Jeremiah. Um, but outside of that, like the other four of us, you got a couple punk rock dudes, you got, you know, um, Ryan is like new wave, Depeche Mode, like kind of <laughs> that kind of thing. Patrick is more like pop, uh, like super pop, almost like dance, EDM, but not like quite that far. Uh, but he loves pop music. Um, but we all love metal. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I don't know. I think it's just, man, we really wanted to kind of showcase all those influences and we kind of needed to do two records to do it. Did you guys find it that it was easy to come up with that much material? Uh, okay. Really, the the true answer here is going to sound completely conceited or confident, or I don't really know what word you want to use, but no, not only because, <laughs> man, I, no, here's the thing, though. So Ryan is always writing all, all the time. Like, music never leaves that dude's head. He, it never has. Um, that dude is always writing, and... Any time he even has a slither of a chance to get in and blow anything he does. Patrick is the most prolific songwriter I have ever been around. Like, when we recorded, I'll put it to you this way. When we recorded these two records, which was when I did drums on them, uh, was just a few months, back in the fall, I guess. Um, he already had probably another 20-plus songs, maybe 30, honestly, that weren't that he hadn't written for these two records, but he had written since we <laughs> had started recording these two records for the next whatever's happening with our band. Wow. So not really, I guess in that way, it's not really maybe to narrow it down to like 22. So there's 10 songs on each album, like the regular releases. And then there's two extra, there's an extra song on each album. If you ordered the, the right. last version. Um, and then they're released on our, fan club site and stuff um probably pretty hard to get a hold i mean you know how today though you can people probably heard them i mean right <laughs> it's not like it's, it's not like it's really hard to get a hold of anything these days but um yeah there's a couple tracks that like you know didn't get on the regular releases but and the funny thing about that is is both of the tracks that didn't get released on the regular albums are two of my favorite songs from both of those records so <laughs> that's what that's what's kind of stupid to me but, I mean, we definitely narrowed it down, and I, there's a lot of songs that a lot of us love that didn't make the cut. Wow. You know, so, I mean, yeah. I, 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 we could have done, man, we probably could have done three records, honestly. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but we could have. Like, well, here's the thing. So, I say that because of this. I say that not because any of us are. We're probably the least proficient metal band, and if you listen to what I'm saying least proficient metal musicians of all the like really big modern metal bands that are out now and, and kind of are in our genre, our peers and stuff. Like we would admit that we, none of us are virtuosos. None of us are, you know, I, there's every drummer in every metal band is pretty much better than me. But I'll say that I think that all of us work really well together. 
I think that where any of us are limited, the other dudes in the band are really strong. And any of the places that dudes, you know, the other dudes who are strong in those areas are limited in others, and that's where your strength comes into play. And I think that, you know, like everybody's philosophy as far as what they bring into the band, everybody is so comfortable with their role musically. Yeah. And beyond that, but definitely musically, that like when you get to that point and you've all played together a long time and not just played together, but we're all, we've all been in each other's weddings, man. We were all there for each other at the hospital when our kids were born. We've all been there at churches when we've had loved ones pass away. We have all been in hospitals when our kids had tumors in their heads. We've all been, you know, at each other's, like they were all, like Jeremiah was the first person to drive up to my apartment when it burned to the ground with a truck and a flatbed trailer to try to get whatever we could. Um, I say all that to say, like, when you are, when you make music together that way, when you are friends together that way, like, it's not hard to do something you love to do. Right. So, like, it always trips me out when dudes make it, like, sound like being in a band is so, writing music is so hard, creating, the creative process is so hard. That's like, no, it's not. <laughs> if it is, like, if it is, like, you're, maybe you're doing something wrong. Like, maybe you're, maybe you're, like, either doing it, like, for the wrong reason or with the wrong group of people or, right. I don't know. I just feel like that everybody loves being in this band. Everybody loves being in this band together. We all love making music together. We're all fans of each other. I mean, it's like, I, yeah. I mean, I could tell you the, the story of even all how we're friends and admire each other's, you know, musical talents and stuff. And it's like, it's kind of just weird. Like we all have like this big bromance with each other but it's awesome i mean it's like i think it shows up when you make a piece of music or two pieces of art like we did and they come out and sounded like they did right i think that it's evident that there's a cohesiveness there you know what i'm saying and i'm not saying we're the best band in the world but i think we put out two really great records i think they're both really really good records so we're definitely proud of it for sure so you guys are like a like a well-oiled team instead of like having a team with a big superstar that kind of hogs the attention or has the whole team on its back, basically. But yeah, well, I mean, even the superstar. I mean, I, we have a superstar. Ryan Clark is a superstar. Ryan Clark is the brains behind the whole thing. He always has been from the inception of the band. All of us has come along now. That the I think he would tell you, and he would even he would be proud to tell you that the band today probably exist as more of a team slash unit slash a bunch of working parts working together to form this really cool machine than it ever has been before. But from day one, let's not mistaken it until now, all of us know that like, if they say the buck stops here, it's like, ultimately we know the vision for this entire thing is is and was Ryan's and all of us, it has become ours and we've all, I don't know, man, it sounds super cheesy and all that stuff. Like whatever, I get it, like blah, blah, blah. But it's just the truth, man. Like we, we're all started out as either fans or friends of his. And I mean, I was a fan before I was in the band. I was a fan for a year and a half, you know, and I just happened to be able to, 
I'll be lucky enough to record a record in the basement of the building they worked in. And I <laughs> ended up hanging out with them for a month, and we got along really well. They loved my southern, fast, blabbery self, and they thought I was hilarious. And um, when Jesse left, the original drummer, they called me and asked me to do it, and they, which was crazy because I'd never been in the metal band before. I'd never played heavy music. I'd recorded plenty of music. I had played on several really big like christian uh contemporary christian and like christian rock records yeah uh i played on a record i played on a record that won a grammy i'd done all that stuff before i was ever in demon hunter but i had never played in a heavy band i had never touched a double kick pedal like a lot of that kind of stuff <laughs> and they knew that but they also knew that i mean they thought i could pull it off they'd seen me play before and they were confident and as long as i was confident in myself that that's exactly what Don told me the first time. Ryan's brother, he was originally in the band with Ryan. Yeah. Um, he's like, do you think you can do it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, if you do, we do. Awesome, let's do it. And I thought it would be one tour, and it ended up being, this will be year 15 album. These, This was my seventh and eighth album as the Demon Hunter drummer. So I'm proud of that, plus one live record. Uh, so... I think now I could safely say that I'm the drummer in Demon Hunter for now and forever. <laughs> how long did it take uh, to how long did it take for you to like really take hold of that role and say, yeah, I'm the uh drummer for Demon Hunter now? Uh man. Probably Storm the Gates of Hell record. Um like I did the tour for Summer of Darkness, which was the second album, and then I did I recorded the triptych and I toured the triptych and I think that record blew up and that was awesome. And I, I, you know, but I was still kind of, that was my first album playing in the band. That was my first metal record I had ever done. Yeah. So there was definitely like a little bit of trepidation or not trepidation, but just a little bit of like question mark for me myself of like, okay, this is kind of your put up or shut up moment here, like this record. And it blew up. And I think once, we realized that that record had a lot of success and it was the biggest record, you know, the third record, and it ended up being the biggest record that Demon Hunter ever had sales-wise. And so um, I think after that record, when we went into doing Storm the Gates of Hell, I personally changed a lot. I lost like 170 pounds. I like just a bunch of stuff happened in my life between the end of the triptych touring cycle and the beginning of recording Storm the Gates of Hell. And so I really went into that record like super confident, like super like I am the drummer in Demon Hunter. When I go places and people, you know, know who the band is or something and they recognize me from the band, they know that it's me, Yogi, the drummer from Demon Hunter. You know, like fans would come to shows and knew my name. I think that's when I started being like, okay, I'm the drummer in Demon Hunter finally. Like, this is awesome. Like, I, I guess I'm going to stay for a while. Like, I don't. <laughs> This is not going to be like, I just felt like for the first couple of years, I felt like the rug was going to be swept from under my feet. If I can, you know, put it that way, I guess. Um, just because I was so, I was, like I told you, I was a fan before. Right. I saw them the first time they ever played a festival at Cornerstone in Illinois. And I just couldn't believe like how God dang awesome they were. Like I just, dude, I couldn't believe it. And I was just like, Ryan, it was so like he had a beard down to his freaking belly button almost back then too. So it was just like 
I was a fan, man. I was. I still am, dude. I'll be honest. I know I get to play drums on the records, but I'm still a fan. Like, I'm a fan of Ryan Clark. I listen to our band. This sounds cheesy and probably makes us sound like douches, but, like, honestly, dude, like, I have a hard time keeping up with what's coming out now, man, and I know the other guys do, too, just because I end up listening to our records. I mean, call that what you will, dude. I don't really even care if anybody thinks that's dorky. Like, hey, man, I'm sorry that you're not a fan of your band. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I am genuinely bummed out that you don't enjoy listening to your records because to me, that doesn't make sense. I love music. I get to make music. I make the music that I really, truly want to make with the dudes I really, truly want to make it with. Like, of course I want to listen to it. <laughs> like, this is my, like, this is all the stuff that I love listening to wrapped up into one thing, like done by a couple of guys and, and produced by my friend who's in my band. Like just the whole thing's cool to me. Like I really enjoy it and I really enjoyed the band and I enjoy playing in the band. And I feel lucky still after 15 years, I feel, you know, now the talent in the band is at an all time high and it's kind of just like, yeah, man, it's cool, dude. I don't know. Like, you know, you sometimes you hesitate to say things like that because you don't know if it sounds braggart or if it sounds braggadocious or whatever, man. But I just, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm into it. I think we put out two really great records. I think it's time for people to kind of notice that, hey, this isn't just a Christian metal band. This isn't just a, I mean, this is nine and ten, man. This is record nine and ten. Nine and ten, dude. Like, Octane is still playing our songs. We're still selling records. People are still coming to our shows. Like the whole like Demon Hunter is a anything other than just a kick ass metal band like needs to just go out the window. You know what I mean? Like right. with the that gum banana peel. Like because it's just <laughs> I don't know, man. Not to get into that stuff too deep, but it's just it's like come on, man. Ten records and people are still into it, and I think we're still putting out the best music. I think we're putting out the best music we've ever put out. And it's year number 17, so 18, I'm sorry. started in 2001. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I mean, I'm excited. I really uh, – I couldn't be more excited for people to hear these records, and I hope that people listen. I hope they give it a chance, and I think if you do, that you'll enjoy it. Right. With, um, you know, this band being Ryan's pretty much baby and – everybody having all in the band, having all these different influences, you know, how does that kind of go into the, to the making of this music? You know, what, you know, why do all these influences that everybody has, you know, how does it change the band, you know, and why is this even, you know, why is Demon Hunter even a metal band to begin with? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think probably because, I mean, if you, it was 17 years ago, I think, that when the band started. I think that when the band started, Don and Ryan, it was the brothers, it was their vision, and they they really kind of, like, at that point, man, I think they were kind of, they had started to get frustrated. There was a time there, like, in that late 90s, early 2000s, where actual metal had kind of just gone away, right? You had Slipknot, maybe, but... It's more like, of the new metal type big, stuff that big, was going on. Yeah, like big, big, yeah, new metal and stuff, but big commercial, like Metallica, Megadeth, 
yeah pantera metal was not like non-existent like in those late 90s kind of and so i think when they started the band like they just wanted to that's what they loved that's what they were missing from the scene at the time and nobody else was seemingly going to do it especially in like the scene that those guys and all of us kind of grew up in and the kind of that you know christian slanted scene like there definitely was no band doing that there was no slipknot e pantera ish anything that was real true metal happening in that scene at that point in time living sacrifice was like the only thing going but they were even in a bit of a lull at that point and had kind of taken some time off bruce was having kids and so I mean, I think when they started, that's why it was a metal band, is because of that. That's why. And I think over the course of all these years later, I think that now these two records were almost, I guess it was kind of a statement, like, not that you're insinuating anything, but it's kind of that, that, that it's almost that statement, which is, hey, we're not just a metal band. Like, yeah, we love metal. Yeah, we have a lot of metal influences, but we have all these other things that we are influenced by, versed in, have toured and traveled and done things in. I've been all over the country playing in pop bands. Patrick and I were in a country band for five years and went all over the country. Um, I mean, we've all done other things, and we wanted to try to bring as much of that stuff that would make sense Obviously, it's not going to make sense to put a dobro on a metal song or a banjo solo. It'd sound like a friggin' mess. But you know what I'm saying? Bring as much of that as we could into these two albums. And I think Ryan was ready for that to happen and kind of say, hey, guys, let's showcase our influences. Let's showcase how far we can go, like how broad we can be. Like Ash on the war record, it's super heavy, super fast. That's thrash. If you say that's not thrash, then... <laughs> you're just being a, you're just being like one of those nose up like you know types that nobody likes. They sit behind a keyboard and call everything. It's not metal. You suck. It's not metal. Meanwhile, they're sucking on a Mountain Dew Code Red, listening to the newest, you know, insane clown posse and playing a <laughs> first person shooter. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I just like. I think it's just like trying to prove all of those, not prove those people wrong, but just go, hey, man, this speaks for itself. Right. Like, that song is thrash. That song is metal. And then you turn, the flip the coin and go over to Peace, pull that record out and put it in, and there's Fear's Not My God, which is a piano ballad, which is like not metal at all. You know what I mean? Or When the Devil Comes, which is like a, has an acoustic guitar and almost has like a little bit of a Braveheart feel to it or like Braveheart meets the Pesh mode, which sounds crazy, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's that. And then you turn around and on the other record, it's the negative, which has like a punk punk versus like straight up punk rock versus actually pretty that song's got a real like melodic hardcore and punk influence to it. So I don't know, man, like just trying to like go, Hey, you can think outside the box, guys. Like, you don't have to, like, you can be a metal band and still write really good hooks yeah. and really great songs and have really great lyrics that aren't stupid and aren't saying a darn thing. And, I mean, stupid lyrics are fine, too. I listen to music with stupid lyrics. 
if you're okay writing stupid lyrics, it's fine. If you want to talk about iPads and stuff in your music, then I guess that's okay. But like, there's a place for all of that, man. But there's also can be a place for a really broadly influenced heavy rock slash metal slash pop metal slash arena rock band full of a bunch of guys who just want to kind of try to like make the best pieces of music they can. Right. Yeah. Over the past few years, um, a lot of, there's been a lot of heavy bands that have been trying to, you know, show their diversity, um, you know, taking risks. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes they get love for it. Sometimes they get back backlash for it. You know, how do you guys feel like you were able to, really show that diversity on these albums while keeping it authentic and having your uh, your fans still be on board for it? I think you said it. You answered the question within the question. <laughs> you said the word authentic, and that's literally just that's the word. That's how. Yeah. It's, it's because it's because it's an authentic representation of our influences it's an authentic representation of our hearts where we're at as human beings where we're at as men as husbands and fathers um these influencers are real um we're not just doing it to try to make some money we don't tour that much we don't really care about how big we get we really don't like Demon Hunter fans are Demon Hunter fans we gain a few every once in a while and that's awesome and we try to gain as many as possible but we're trying to make the best music we can for the people who love our band and have loved our band for the long haul. And anybody that comes along for the ride at any point, we just want to, from record one till now, these 10 albums, I feel like has been good albums full of really good music. And it's honest, it's earnest, whatever adjective you want to use. I think that's the thing that no, everybody knows, man, we're not trying to be nobody. Like, we haven't, we've never went with any kind of trend. Look at our band from day one. Look at it now. Like if you, if you can peg a trend on us, like I'm then go right on ahead and be my guest and try, but there's even under has never played into any trend. We were never emo. We were never screamo. We were never crab core. We were never, <laughs> I mean, even, even when like a few years ago when thrash, like three or four years ago when thrash was like really hip for a few minutes, we were never that. You know, we were never tough guy hardcore. We were never none of that. We have influences, and I think there are bands that were that or have been that that are that we've all loved and have been influenced by. And I think that all shows up in our music. But Demon Hunter never just did one of those things. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's because we just decided to be ourselves from the get go, and. I don't think we've ever really tried, you know, too, too hard to try to like fit into anything for anybody, you know, other than the people that love our band. Right. At this point, I think that's the only thing we feel loyal to period. We don't feel loyal to the scene. We don't feel loyal to a label. We don't feel loyalty to anything. I think we feel loyalty to the blessed resistance to the people outside of the blessed resistance who are demon hunter fans to future demon hunter fans. I think that's who we, we feel loyalty to. We feel those are the people that we, when we make this music, when we all leave home and leave our kids and go and, and, 
even leaving our kids to go out for the day to write and be locked in a room for a while or whatever. Like when we do that, we're doing it for those people like right. and ourselves. And we're all the same. Like it's, it's, God, that sounds so cheesy. I know I'm sorry, but there's just the <laughs> truth. All the, our fan, it is, man. All of the dudes in our band and all of the people that listen to our music, all of us are the same. We're all the same person, man. We're all the same person that like, we love this band. We love this music. It means something to us. We need it. I need it, dude. If this stops, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, and I don't mean like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to work for Obus inspections and inspect cars emissions for whatever state in this country that I could transfer to or whatever else. And I'll raise my daughter and, you know, I'll have a beautiful wife. I know what I'm going to do with my life if the band ends. But musically, I don't, I don't know. I don't, and nothing else gives me what this band gives me. And I mean, as a fan, not as a musician, I can go get another gig. But as a fan of this band and as somebody who loves being in the band and being a fan of the band, like it, I want it to be around for a long time. And I think in order to be around for a long time, you got to keep making really great music. Yeah. And if you care about the people you're making music for and you care about the people you make music with and you care about the music you're making, there's really no reason to stop until physically you can't do it anymore. You know? Yeah. As a band that is dubbed a Christian metal band, has there ever been any sort of obstacles from any, anybody in regards to being that type of band? Um, man, that's, I mean, the obvious answer I think probably is yeah, just because, Christian and metal don't really, those aren't two words that are particularly synonymous one with one another. And right. Even when they are, even when they were or have been in the past, Striper, which is my favorite band of all time. I have a Striper tattoo on my neck. So anything <laughs> I say about them is not negative whatsoever. But what I'm saying is, is people kind of thought they were hokey back in the day, which they thought. <laughs> 80s metal in general was hokey, but they did the yellow and black and the spandex and threw Bibles to people. And yeah, um, I thought it was awesome, but like you know, a lot of people and I get why people think that's kind of a whatever because I mean, it's a whatever. I mean, I get it, you know, I can get why people would think it was cheesy and I can get why people would think it was awesome, but I kind of land somewhere in the middle. But I love that band, and I think that a band like that probably had more hurdles than we have had now because it's just more accepted now kind of right. but we definitely have had them and but i think we've had more of them with christians than we have with people who aren't christian if that makes sense yeah yeah i think we've had more hurdles in the christian world than we have in the i mean anytime we went to a festival that wasn't christian we've never been treated anything less than just like everybody else why did you get some we've sort of pushback with, from christians we've <clears throat> Um, because we never played that game, honestly. We never played that game. We never, Demon Hunters never, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but we've never stepped foot and played a show in a church ever. Right. It's not, not, not our deal. Like, not, not that there's anything wrong with dudes doing that, but that's a whole conversation for a whole nother podcast with a whole nother person probably, but <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. It's just not what we do. Um. So that's definitely one way, like, people get defended when you turn down a Christian festival. No, we don't want to come play there. 
why not? You know, you're too good for this, or, oh, you guys aren't really Christian. It's like, no, we just don't want to preach to the choir anymore. You got 78 bands that are going to come preach to your choir, and we're not going to be one of them. Just not like, really not really our thing. We'd rather go somewhere where people who really, really need to hear a positive message, <laughs> uh, where those where those people are. Um, and, you know, there's going to be plenty of people at Creation Festival, plenty of bands that are going to tell all those good Christian kids exactly how good Jesus is, and that's awesome. <laughs> um, but we're going to go talk to some other people about some other stuff, like stuff that, you know, real-life stuff that's happening to them and that's happened to us and kind of just give our whatever if people want to know what our opinion is about it or if fans want to talk about things they're going through and we're available, we're always willing to talk to people. And so I think that's the way we want to do it. That's the way I want to share my life with people. It's through those experiences, like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. We, it's obstacles for sure. But it, I think any band's going to have them in general. And then when you marry a couple things that are like oxymoronic, like Christian and metal, it's kind of like, you're asking for problems anyway, so <laughs> you can't really bitch about it. You can't really bitch about it when you get them. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's and when, the way I look at it. Like, right. And when I listen to you guys, you know, you guys don't come off of like a band that's preachy in any way. Like, where, where do you, where do you, how do you feel like the role of Christianity? What, what's that role in your, in the band? Do you feel Christianity? Like, where does it play in the band? Yeah. Uh, I think that essentially it boils down to Ryan Clark writes all of the lyrics and Ryan believes in, we all believe in a creator. We all believe in God. We all believe in, um, Jesus. We believe that the man Jesus existed. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't know how far into what, people we call modern day Christianity even any of us are and that might be a controversial statement I hope our manager doesn't get mad at me for saying that but <laughs> I just mean like I don't know how locked into like traditional Christianity churchy modern day Christianity any of us are but we're definitely believers we're definitely um, you know due to believe in loving people um, but I just think that modern Christianity has kind of gone askew, shall we say? Right. So I think Christianity plays a part in Demon Hunter because it, Ryan's lyrics are truly, honestly, like his point of view is coming from a, his, his lyrical outlook and point of view is coming from a man who believes in a creator and who believes in a, something after this physical life that we have here on earth is over, that there's something else after that. Now, if some people want to know what we think that is, they know exactly where to ask. They know exactly how to ask. Let's do it. But I don't think it's our job to tell anybody that they need to be living any kind of way because I don't think that's what Christ ever did. He never told anybody they needed to do anything. He just went and loved on people, listened to people, and that's it. Like, literally, that's it. Like, there was no... 
people always talk about Jesus preach. And it's like, mm, did he preach or did he just like go and show up and tell these people how much he loved them <laughs> and about this creator? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things. Like we could talk about it all day. Cause I grew up in the church. My uncle's a pastor. My parents are music ministers. My other hand, uncle are the children's ministers. My grandma and grandpa were church secretary and treasurer. Uh, my sister sang in the church. I played in a Southern gospel group with my family, my parents and my sister, until I was about 14. So that's all I ever knew for a long time, bud. And it's uh, I still have a really great relationship with my creator, but I'm really glad that he gave me the outlet of Demon Hunter to get my message of love out to other human beings. Right. I'll say that. So you guys have, yep. so you guys more more or less just have a personal relationship with Christianity rather than being a part of any of the the organized stuff of it all. Oh yeah, at this point, absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, there've been like I said, I grew up in it, and John worked in the church for a long time. Ryan's dad was a pastor. I mean, there's definitely all of us, not all of us, the three of us. John, Ryan, and I have all been involved in the church at some point in our lives, um, but not now as older adults, and Patrick, Jeremiah, never have, and, um, you know, if any of us go to church, it's on us, that's what, you know, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I think everybody has and does at some point, sometimes they don't, whatever, I don't know, but. I think it's all more personal, man. We don't, that's the thing, dude. Honestly, we don't even really, I like, unless it's like a newsflash, unless it's like a after a show, couple glasses of whiskey and a beer or two in, and we're sitting around talking about stuff that's happening or, you know, these major events in your life or whether it's just kind of those late night discussions. It's not like we get on the bus and like immediately whip out our Bibles and start having a Bible study and talking about <laughs> That stuff. No, and I don't. I don't want that to sound mean. Like if that's what a person does, that's awesome, man. Like that's right. Whatever it takes for you to stay disciplined and and stay compassionate. I think that's the thing that people like. They think they being a Christian is about being in this club or being a part of this thing. When really, it's about having a relationship with your Creator, and then being able to use that relationship to keep you centered and to keep you compassionate towards people, to keep you interested in people, to keep you interested in life, to keep you honest and humble and to keep you focused on like what you need to do. Because I mean, it's not like these days, especially in 2019, like being human, being a human being is kind of not really easy necessarily anymore right. so i think you need something man to help keep you centered and keep you on that path man of like trying to get through your life because let's be honest man you can sit around and hate anybody you can sit around and hate people all you want to you can hate people for being gay white black i don't care but hate them for being whatever you want you can do that but what good is that going to do you right. none none literally none you're the one that's hateful you're the one that's miserable so to me, why not just buy into the love movement, I guess? Or like my buying into it happens to be through a creator and through Jesus. But, man, even if you don't buy into it through that way, buy into it somehow. Mm -hmm. Like 
ain't no reason to be hateful, man. Like it don't do nobody no good. And it's actually making our country suck balls right now. Like, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's try to figure out a way to be nicer to each other. <laughs> what, how would you describe your relationship with your fans? You know, what do, what do you hope your fans get out of a demon hunter record or a demon hunter show? And, you know, what do you feed off at shows uh, when you see all the fans in the crowd? I want for those people, our fans, I want for anybody involved in the band, myself included, our families, our friends, I want for everybody to feel like they are a part of something, that they're a part of this thing. And if they don't have anything else that they feel like they're a part of, if they don't have any other family or job or anything that they really feel connected to a church family, uh, whatever that is, uh, a gang of dudes you hang out with a beard gang, any of that, whatever. I don't care. Like if you, if people feel like they don't have anything else to, to kind of hold on to and feel a part of, I want them to know that like this band is that thing. The guys in this band, this band, it all means a lot to us. We want to keep making music. Music is to me, the most important thing, the single most important thing for me in my life is music. And it connects me to the other things that are important to me. Most of the time when I'm having a connection with my creator, it's through music. It's either listening to music or performing music or making music. Um, I met my wife because of music. My family played music. Um, yeah, man. So like music to me is like the most important connection period. So I think like just making people feel connected, man, like that they're a part of something. Yeah. I think that's it. I think it's just that like, if you can find a connection with our music and it makes you feel like, yep, you know, I get it, man. Like I love these dudes. Like they're just like me, dude, like whatever. I think that that's like the most you can really hope for. I know that's not, you know, practical in every situation or maybe even not the norm for every person who listens to our band. I'm sure there are people who listen to our band just because they like our music and it's cool. But I would hope that the majority of people that listen to our band a lot and love our band are that they're getting more out of it than just those guys write some killer riffs and some cool drum parts. You know what I mean? What's some of the things that you hear from your fans? You know, what's the comments? What's the questions that they ask? Oh, my God, dude. Everything. Everything. I, I know that sounds broad. Everything. Literally everything. I've heard <laughs> every question you could possibly imagine. I've heard from the – because I'm a believer in that there are no dumb questions. Not everybody <laughs> in our band believes that, I'm sure. But I believe that. There's only dumb people who ask questions. <laughs> the question itself is not dumb, but that doesn't make you dumb or doesn't make you not dumb for asking it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, no, there aren't any bad questions, man. And we literally, I've heard them all. I would say the only ones that are like, that you ever are just like, or when it like people like, because of that connection we were just talking about, dude, sometimes it's hard for people who, don't really know you other than just through your music or what they see online, maybe. Um, sometimes they want to know more. And sometimes it's hard 
for you to maybe draw the line somewhere. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I think that's probably I, – I, I, I would I would hate to really, you know, pull anybody's pants down in front of a group of people. So I don't really necessarily, like, going to say any of those questions, but you can imagine, like, all of the, like, crazy, like, really personal questions. Not like – like weirdo questions or like perverted <laughs> questions, but just like really personal stuff about your life that you're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how comfortable I feel talking about this, but <laughs> right, right, you know, I also know that you know you connect, we've connected musically, and like we're, I don't want to hurt your feelings, and so I end up answering the darn questions most of the time, to be honest with you, just because it's like what. What's it gonna matter, dude? I mean, people want to know this stuff. It's like for a long time I didn't answer questions, and I felt real weird about signing stuff after shows. The first like maybe three or four years I was in Demon Hunter, uh, because I think it was like that false humility thing. Like, if I say that I think this is cool and that I like this, and that means that I'm a conceited douchebag who loves having praise heaped on him. And I actually realized, like, that's not it at all. It's just that in 1988, if I had went to see Striper play, yeah. and Robert Sweet or Matthew Sweet would have taken the time to stand and talk to me and answer my questions and go on with me like I was just one of their buddies, that would have meant the absolute world to me. If they would have just signed something and give it to me if he would have signed his towel from stage or his drumstick or something right i would have just lost it dude and that's when you realize oh yeah this moment isn't about me this moment isn't about that this person is heaping this praise on me or loves me or adores me or my band this is about like the feeling that that person's gonna get because of the connection they've made with the music they love the band. I know it. I had it with bands back in the day when I was a kid. And I know that when this kid goes home, this is what he's going to think about for, like, the next week. Right, He's going right. to tell all his friends that he talked to the dude from Demon Hunter for, like, 10 minutes in the parking lot, and he was so badass, and he gave me his drum gloves and shit <laughs> like that. And it's like, well, that's why I want to do this. That's why I want to sit here and talk to every single one of you crazy sons of guns. <laughs> who drove all this way to see us, a band that tours once every year, once every year and a half, and you still buy our stuff, and I owe it to you guys to answer your personal questions. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's the way I kind of feel about it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and I think sometimes people don't e don't even know what to ask, so, so, so an oh, yeah. awkward question just comes out. Yeah, and I think that's why you end up getting sometimes, like, bad questions, shall we say, is just because they don't know what to ask. They don't know where the line is either. They don't know any more than you do, <laughs> right. and they don't want to cross the line, but then they they want to know something, so they're, like, trying to, like, figure out, like, and it's funny, dude, just the stuff people say in general or the way they act when they come up to you because you're just like, if you had any clue, me, just Yogi, like, the kind of numb nuts that Yogi Watts is, like, like I said, I work for a company called Opus Inspections. We inspect cars. Like if you live in a state where you have to have an emissions test. Right. Um, like I work for that company, the company that does that. It's a company that – it's a, a national company, and they get contracted and hired out by 
all these states and cities and stuff to come do emissions. So I work for that company, and it's like, you know, that's cool and all, but I really love being in Demon Hunter, man. And I really love, like, like I don't know, dude. It's I still got to come back and do that. So, like, I can't really get that big of a head. Like, even if I'm playing in front of a 1,000 people that paid money to see my band play and they think we're the best thing ever, and I spent all I got for four hours, that's where Daddy gets to come back home to on Monday. You know what I'm saying, dude? Right. So, like, at that point, like, you can't really get too big of a head about it, man, because I'm working a job just like the dudes who come see me on the weekends are working. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel – that's why I told you. I feel like a responsibility almost because – those are just my friends who happen to share the same taste in music I do. And, you know, I was lucky enough to like be able to find some dudes who wanted to make music with me or let me make music with them. And so we put this music out and then my friends buy it and then they come and see us play and they support us. And so I stay after and I hang out with them as long as I can. And then I go to the next city and hang out with my friends there. (laughs) Yeah. I always like to, uh, asked this question in all my interviews what is what would be a nugget of advice that you could take from your life or career that anybody listening to this interview doesn't matter what avenue of artistry that they're in could sort of project into their own life be a good dude be a good hang be a good person whether it's a dude or a dude man or woman whatever like be a good hang like be a fun person to be around be a happy person and a positive person because that's the only reason I got that Demon Hunter gig. The only reason. There were, dude, I was so unqualified. Like, <laughs> I mean, for that band. And the, the thing is, is, that band was hot to trot. Like, it was like second record. The first record blew up. Nobody knew that they were coming and they all of a sudden exploded onto the scene and everybody was into it. And it blew up real fast. And like, there's so many drummers who would have given their right arm to be in that band at that time. And those dudes chose me. And so I would say that, like, good things happen to good folks, man. Like, and that's just true. You can be as talented as the day is long. But if you suck to hang out with, you ain't going to make it for more than a tour with somebody. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason a lot of bands have turnover. There's a reason you see a lot of different faces in, in a lot of bands a lot of the time. And that's usually when you can tell like, Oh, there's somebody in that band that's really difficult to work with. You know what I mean? Right. But when you got dudes who are in bands for years and then like, maybe they leave one leaves because he had two or three kids and he doesn't really want to tune anymore. And then all that stuff's like normal. And that's kind of the stuff that's happened to us. But, um, I think just being a good hang man is like really, really important. And just, be sold out to whatever your that thing you're passionate about is. You know what I mean? Be committed to it. My daughter, she finally decided to come in here and start yelling at me. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. that's a, so I, I, I think that's a good time, man. She's like, let's wrap yeah, this up, dude, Daddy. Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh my goodness, Ladybird Bird, you hit your head. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. She, I've been in the back of the house, and she found me finally. Well, I think I that's a good. From this I, whole time, but. Well, I think that's a good time to wrap up this interview. I, uh, where can people go online to get more information about Demon Hunter? Uh, DemonHunter.net. Uh, TheBlessedResistance.net is the Demon Hunter fan club site. It has 
it's a monthly membership, but you can go on there and read about what all is included in that monthly membership. It's like a streaming service. We have really worked hard on that. Maybe we can talk about that another time, but um, that's another big thing for the band that kind of was launched with these two records. So I'd say go check that out, blessedresistance.net, demonhunter.net, of course, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that good stuff. And then you can find our music everywhere you can find music, Spotify, Apple Music, probably any streaming service, Walmart, Best Buy quit selling records, so I probably wouldn't go there. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, whatever, awesome. I bought mine at a record store in Arizona. I was in Arizona last week watching a little spring training baseball and visiting some uh, family, and uh, I bought mine at a wonderful record store in Arizona called Zia Records. Uh, if you're in the Phoenix area and you're listening, that's where you should go buy it. So, yeah. All right, man. It's been great talking with you, Yogi. Yeah, thanks, brother. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. I hope it was. Uh, I hope you got what you needed, my friend. Oh, definitely, definitely, man. You have a good day. You too, buddy. God bless you, man. Now that was my interview with Tim Yogi Watts, the drummer of the metal band Demon Hunter. Their pair of albums, War and Peace, are in stores now. Links to where you can follow Demon Hunter and listen to the new album are in the show notes for this episode at freshesthepodcast.com. Now that's another episode in the books. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.